With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Today I want to teach you how to speak Butterburger. At Culver's, we call our burgers Butterburgers. Not because they're fried, slathered, steeped, basted, drenched, or marinated and topped with butter, but because they're served on a lightly buttered toasted bun. They're smashed and seared to order. Something we've been doing since day one. Using fresh, never-frozen U.S. beef. Because frozen beef from who knows where, cooked ahead of time, and kept warm in a drawer, yeah, that just isn't our thing. In fact, your Butterburger doesn't touch the grill until after you order. Ever. Really. We promise. Double burger? That's our default setting on most Butterburgers. Want a single burger? Just ask. Triple? Even better. Any higher, though, and uh, we're going to need to see a building permit. Every handcrafted Butterburger comes with your choice of real Wisconsin cheese. We said real and from Wisconsin. Cheddar. Swiss. American. Oh, yeah. It's time to get your melt on. Mm. Of course, the only way to make a Butterburger better is by adding hardwood smoked center cut bacon. Because, I mean, everyone knows bacon makes everything better. Well, nearly everything. Around here, deluxe is shorthand for lettuce, tomato, onion, pickle, and mayo. The works is ketchup, mustard, pickle, and onion. And you, sir or ma'am, are welcome to order your butter burger any way you please. Want us to add grilled onions or sautéed mushrooms? Hey, it's our pleasure, because that's just the way we roll at Culver's. Welcome to Delicious. I'm the coach, Nick Olson, and I'm next to the co-host of the show, Cole Faust. Hey. Out of the Tiger. <laughs> and, you, and you have it locked in to the most informative fantasy football podcast in the universe. And this show is brought to you in part by GridironExperts.com, the website where fantasy football champions are born. And not only are fantasy football champions born on GridironExperts.com, uh-huh. America was born today. Because technically, 
the United States of America, yes. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> because, okay, yeah, good point. Good point. Because it was here. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, July 4th. It, it is, is the 4th, 4th of July, Independence Day. How do you feel about doing a podcast on July 4th instead of... Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have any plans. Our, our schedule's lined up today. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's... This is our only free time, basically. Our, I mean, yeah, because you had bachelor party last weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, you, I had a wedding reception last weekend. You had a bachelor party last weekend. So <clears throat> weekend was booked up. And then, of course, it, it is a holiday week, so there's things yeah. going on. And then the 4th of July being right in the middle of the week. Really most, throws everything off. Right, because most people just take the whole entire week off. They're, they take the whole week. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you had things going on yesterday and the day before, and same thing for me. And so, I, I had here we are. I a lot of business meetings. Uh, right. I made a lot of deals. Okay. Oh, well, I tried to make a deal. You have. Oh, here we go. Well, before we get into that, we don't even need to. Okay, I'm fine. Okay, I'm fine. before we get into that, or if we do, we don't. We do whatever. Yeah. They don't know what we're Either talking way. about. That's yeah. fine. But when we opened the show, you showed me a picture of a yeah. tiger. Yeah, I've been really into uh, nature documentaries lately. <laughs> okay. Tigers, tigers are. Uh, I'm a big fan, so I changed oh, my background on my phone to a, a tiger on the prowl. <laughs> and, you know, that's just kind of the, uh, the attitude I take in my day every life. Okay. I'm a tiger on the prowl. Mm-hmm. I'm out there trying to get my antelope, you know? Whatever that may be, <laughs> the antelope of the day. Wow. But also, pretty sure that they don't hunt antelopes. Antelopes are in Africa. So, I'm sorry. Well, there's that. There's tigers in Africa. Mm. Not like the antelope part of it. They're in, not in the they're... Not Sahara. Are you I kidding me? Else. <laughs> wow. I would think a tiger would hunt an antelope. Oh, I'm sure you know it would. But I don't feel like they're close to each other often. Hmm. Tigers are more in the jungle. Okay. Yeah. More, more in... But there, there, there's different breeds of tigers. They're yeah. all over the place. Also, you know? there's the Siberian tigers right. in the snow. In the and snow. Yeah. Exactly. Those are pretty much extinct. Pretty much, yeah. You bastards. You, <laughs> you humans. You know, it's funny you mentioned the thing about tigers because I'm assuming... You watched the documentary on Netflix. I can't remember the name. The they, Hunt. I watched The Hunt. That's, like the, a, that's the most recent one I watched. Well, the one this could be the same one. It was about a certain family. They followed oh, no. the family. No. You did not watch no. that one. Okay, you need that's to watch that. Do this now. It's it, it's got a name. They named the tiger the the mother tiger, and they named the family, and they followed this family for years, mm-hmm. and the tigers. I, I can't remember the time span that they're with the mother, but they stay because there were two, two or three cubs, and then they stay with the the mother mm-hmm. for like six months, maybe longer, until they grow up a little bit. Maybe it's a year, might even be a year. They stay together mm-hmm. as a family, and then they kind of branch out. But the interesting thing is, they will come back to each other, and they no- yeah, really mm-hmm. interesting thing. Do they notice the humans at all? Like, do they? I don't know how they, they did too it. Far away? I think they were too far away. I'm not you sure. Know, and at the end of the hunt, there's like the last episode is how they do it episode. I'm probably not going to watch it, even mm-hmm. though I am interested on in how they do it. All yeah. Right, like, that, how do they get that. the cameras like in that weird, like, yes, in so many weird angles? They have to be, well, I do know this drones, for sure. Probably. They had, dro- they had hidden cameras that they set up in rocks and different things like fake rocks. Huh. And one of the tigers found it and ripped it up. Oh, good. On, on one of them. Yeah, get that shit out of here. <laughs> not natural. So, 
It was just surprising that you uh, flashed a tiger into my face. Yeah, right when you were talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get you. It's a good thing I was on my toes because I was, I was not afraid at first, you know. Yeah. You're on I your was... toes like a cat. Look out. I've got cat-like speed and reflex. No matter the size of the role, you're just a cat. True. You know? That is true. I mean, I don't have anything to go with that, but it's just a fact. Hey, the facts are the facts. The other facts are that we're a five-star show. Yeah. According to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and my ratings. mom. Your mom thinks so, too? I don't know. She doesn't listen to this one. Okay. Well, if she did, she would rate it a five-star yeah. show. That's what most people do. And if you haven't done that, get over to Apple Podcasts. Not one, not two, not three, not four. Five stars. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Really helps us out. Helps the show out. Leave us a review. Tell us what you think. You can find us on Twitter, at Coach and Cole. If you think we suck, tell us we suck. If you think we're great, constructive tell us we're criticism. Great. Yeah, let us know. We'll take it. I just want to talk to someone. Please, please. He's at that King Cole seven one five. He is lonely, quite often. That's why he has a tiger on his phone. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> but he still wants somebody to talk to. You said it, not me. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's move on. God. All right, let's kick this show off this week with. What's in the news in yeah. the NFL? Good news stories going on. There's, there's stuff going on. We'll start with a couple suspensions. The first suspension yeah. is, of course, Green Bay Packers running back Aaron Jones, who is a lot of people's favorite running back coming out of Green Bay this offseason. Uh, he has the highest ADP up until this point. Right. Of any Packers running back. He was the only guy I was really paying attention to. Okay. Personally. Okay. So that that was your, your guy that you liked. Now, yeah. um, he was arrested in October, October 1st of last year. Uh, Marijuana-related charge. He pleaded no contest to the charge in February. Um, he came out with a tweet on his Twitter account that said, and, I, and I'll read it here, I quote, I don't, do you quote something you're reading? Is that a quote? That's not a quote. You can quote because he he's saying it via notes, via notes off his phone. Yeah, and he's saying it. He has eighteen percent battery life during this time. Got to charge that. Three fifty three p.m. I'm not sure. Cellular at Seattle. Is that S E A Seattle? That's what S E A stands for. Interesting. I don't know. He says the NFL announced my suspension today. I accept it, take responsibility for it, and regret the mistake that I made during the 2017 season which led to the punishment. I've let down my family, teammates, coaches, the Packers front office, Packers fans, UTEP, UTEP fans, and the communities of El Paso and Green Bay. I apologize to all impact and the promises will never happen again. And when I touch the field again, it's going to be special. And he's got a little cheese head on there. So he labeled the tweet, this won't define me. He was the second, the team's second leading rusher in 2017. He had 448 yards. He is going to miss, obviously, week one, week two. Week two happens to be against the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. So a key divisional matchup that he will miss. Two MCL injuries last year. Uh, was impressive when he was healthy and when he was was able to contribute. Do you think this thrusts Ty Montgomery into another a higher echelon than he already was? Because uh, You're not thinking Jamal Williams? I'm thinking Ty Montgomery because I know you. I know you're huge on Ty. I am. Yeah, I'm. I, but you're thinking Jamal. Okay, this is great. So yeah. you're to you this boosts Jamal Williams. Correct. Why is that? I just think he's more of the natural runner where 
Ty would be the third down back. Okay. Type of thing. I think that they were doing a three-headed monster with Aaron and Jamal mm-hmm. as the early down goal line between the tackles okay. back, and then they had Ty as the everything else back. Yeah. So I just think this – I mean, yeah, he's going to get more touches, Ty. Yeah. But I think – yeah, it helps them both. There's no yeah, doubt about yeah. that. You know, I, I just think of all the reports that we've seen, everything that McCarthy's come out and said, it's all been in favor for Montgomery and not Williams. And Williams' yards per touch, yards per carry were lower than both of these other guys. And I'm not saying I don't like him. I think he's a north and south guy. He's a, he's a good running back. But, yeah, I think it helps them both. So, now, the other thing is, is a lot of people are saying, well, it's only two games. Who cares? Take the two games, and then, you know, you're still okay. When he comes back, he'll be fresher, et cetera, et cetera. If one of these guys gets off to a hot start, he might not see the Aaron, field Aaron like he Jones will. could get eight touches Lost a game. The yeah, yeah like, exactly. And that's the, that's the thing, right? So that's the chance you're going to take. Um, we've already started to see Aaron Jones' ADP drop. It's going to continue to drop. I'm not sure where it's going to wind up as, as the, as the off season moves on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would probably wait on him because like you said, you're taking more of a chance now if you draft Aaron Jones as high as he was going. And, and so, uh, yeah, I think I like you, Montgomery a little bit more. Okay. Do you, where would you, if you had to pick Aaron Jones, like mm-hmm. which rounds are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, he's seven, six right now. He's going to the middle of the seventh round in 12 person drafts. Possibly he's, nine. He's number 80 uh, total right now. So, yeah, I think round 10, like you were kind of hinting, round 10. Yeah. I'd probably wait until round 10. If I can get him 10 or after, I I would do it. Um, But I'm not going to take Aaron Jones ahead of guys like Kerryon Johnson, Tevin Coleman, Carlos Hyde, Deion Lewis. There's no way. Nope. There's no way. Is that who he's above right now? He's not above them right now, but he's right in the conversation. Yeah. With these guys, uh, Rex Burkhead, uh, C.J. Anderson, Nick Chubb, Isaiah Crowell are are right below him. Ooh. So that might be the group that I would take him in. You know, that's, he, he kind of belongs in that group, right? Yeah. I mean, but the the interesting thing is, is you got Chris Thompson, Legarrette Blunt, Dante Foreman, and then Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery right are both one eleven, one twelve. So I, I think I would take either one of those guys before Aaron Jones right now. I would I would take Williams in maybe eight, definitely nine. Mm-hmm. Montgomery in definitely nine. And Aaron in ten. Okay. If that's Yeah, that's that seems about I would, right. I would draft all three and just Really just see what happens. <laughs> you know, I did that with uh, Freeman and Coleman. Take one, take them all. Yeah, I did that with Freeman and Coleman. Well, sometimes it's ago. nice to have a handcuff if the guy gets hurt or, you know, it's a it's a true two-headed monster. It works. That that year I traded Freeman after two weeks, and he had a great year after that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that me. strategy can work. Yeah, um, as long as you don't trade him. <laughs> all right, moving on here to our other suspension that was announced yesterday. And that is the fact that Ruben Foster, San Francisco 49ers linebacker, was also suspended two games for contract for conduct detrimental to the league. His statement said, I have accepted the league's decision and I am sorry for the mistakes I've that have hurt my team. I have a responsibility to the 49ers, our fans, and our community, and I'm committed to learning from the situation and making better choices in the future. The support I have received over the last five months 
has been humbling, and I do not take it for granted. Um, in June, he pleaded no contest to a misdemeanor charge that related to possession of an illegal weapon that was stemming from a February 11th incident in California. Uh, from that, he was sentenced to 232 hours of community service, two years probation, and he had to pay $235 in fines. That was a really chunk out of his pocketbook. I mean, that really hurt him. 235 $235. Take it easy. What's he going to do with his life? <laughs> and fines. Um, I guess the fine is the fine, like no matter who you are, right? I mean, the that's fine. Good. That's good. Because 235 to like a normal person. That's a lot. In today's America, probably you're living on the street after that. Uh, yeah. Uh, he was arrested twice in the span of a month, once in January for possession of marijuana, and then the other one uh, with the gun. So, you know, this guy, ever since he came into the NFL, and even before when he was entering the NFL, I mean, he got thrown out of the combine, if you remember all yeah, that stuff, yeah. with the... Uh, because he got into it with the, with the like tr- a medical trainer, staff. Or, yeah, medical staff. <laughs> so he got thrown out of the combine. There were a lot of issues on him. A lot of teams, you know, came out and said, you know what, we wanted this guy, but we passed on him, you know, due to his issues off the field. And the 49ers were, took a chance. And he's been good when he's been on the field, but he just he can't stay out of trouble. So two more games for Foster obviously hurts the 49ers. Um, but didn't, didn't they, didn't the report come out saying that like what had happened was just, that didn't actually happen. Like was it, what was, what did he get in trouble? Yeah. For? Domestic violence. You're talking about the, Yeah. He also got in trouble for domestic violence. So it's a, it's a trifecta here. But he didn't, got, didn't but, it come out saying that that didn't happen though? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Basically, she, she tes- yeah, she testified under oath saying that she lied right. about Foster hitting her. So, but he, he got the trifecta, right? The domestic violence, guns, and drugs. But again, like you mentioned, the domestic violence was proven to be false. So he did not get convicted or charged with anything there. She came out and admitted that she lied. So well, cool. Guns and drugs. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guns and drugs are fine. Um so, I mean, that's going to hurt the San Francisco 49ers to start off the season. Um, obviously, I think IDP, um, you know, I don't have a, a problem drafting him later in, later, in the, later in the draft. I don't think he's going to be in the top 10 linebackers that you would be targeting anymore. I think he drops out of that. But you have I, don't have, 10? I don't have a problem drafting him, in my opinion, yeah. I forget where I have him. I have, I have my roster. I mean, he's a stud. He's a stud. Right. I would have him, depending on your league, if you have one linebacker, two or three. Right. um, I would have him in probably the tail end of the second group, the second tier. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like, uh, some IDP leagues, you only have one IDP. If if that's the case... He's out of the fold for me. I'm not drafting him. I I would... Might stash him on the bench, maybe. Depending on the roster spots, I would, you know, put him on the bench. Right. Right, yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, moving on here, you might remember last season when Josh Norman went on a rant about Oakland Raiders wide receiver Amari Cooper after the week three matchup last year. He said, and I quote, you don't come in here and say what you're going to put up on somebody. 200 yards, did he even catch two balls? Uh, and in that game, if you remember, the Redskins won 27-10, and Cooper and Crabtree were held to, were held to only two catches for 13 yards. In that game. That's not bad for a first drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Uh, and it turns out, this is the funny thing about this, and, and this, this came out last week, and I, I wanted to mention this on the show because I think it's pretty funny. So we find out last week that Amari Cooper, in fact, never really said anything, and that Jonathan Allen, Norman's teammate, lied to him and to motivate him for the game. What I'm assuming is Jonathan Allen, I don't, I don't think they played at Alabama together. I right. Mean, they definitely didn't, actually. No, they did not. Fact. No. Um, but they both went to Alabama, so just some yeah. alum fun with that. Right, right. Says uh, to Norman, hey, my, my boy says that he's going to put up 200 yards on you. <laughs> exactly. And just goes from there, basically. Right, right. So he takes it seriously. I mean, we've seen Josh Norman and OBJ. Dev Bryant and OBJ yeah. and all the things that go back and forth between those guys. Yeah. So he gets a little heated about this kind of thing. So apparently it worked out. Jonathan Allen probably didn't even need to say anything. He probably would have got heated regardless. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he came. He went on the Glass Case of Emotion, which is Ryan Blaney's podcast, and he said, I really wanted to come out here and make sure that they knew, like, please don't disrespect us before the game even starts. And as soon as, that, as, soon as the game was over with, I think Cooper hit Allen up and was like, bro, what happened? Why did you go off? Why did you tell him all that stuff? And Alan was like, man, we were just trying to win this game, man. I'm trying to get him fired up because we're trying to win this game. <laughs> uh, so he said, I basically found out that he lied to me about the whole thing. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's like when uh, MJ motivated himself, he would just make up lies, but right. he, he did it for a teammate. Right, right. Hey, he's just trying to, he's just trying to win games. That's all he's trying to do. I don't hate him for it. All right, so we, we've got to talk about Terrell Owens. Or is it Terrell Owens? Is it Terrell now? I think it's Terrell. Terrell Owens? It's been both. I think it's Terrell, though. I think it's Terrell now. And Get your popcorn ready. Get your popcorn ready because he obviously came out and said... It's my whole thing. A few weeks ago. It's my quarterback. That he was not going to give your typical speech in Canton at the Hall of Fame like every other... NFL or pro football player has ever done that's ever got inducted into the Hall of Fame. He is going to do something on his own. I don't hate it. And he came out on Tuesday, which would be yesterday as we were recording July 4th, Independence Day, that he's going to make his speech at his alma mater, University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, Mm -hmm. on August 4th. You know why I don't hate it, especially when it came out afterwards – him saying like, yeah, I'm not going to do it at Canton. I'm going to do it, you know, with my people, mm-hmm. wherever, you know, I'll let you guys know. Voters came out and said afterwards, if I would have known that, I never would have voted him in. Right. So it's a personal thing for you with him. It, it has nothing to do with his talent or his numbers. It's a personal thing with T.O. for some reason with these voters. And we saw that when he didn't get in in the first place. Right. He's a top three wide receiver. Of all time? Top three? Yes. Okay. He should not have waited this long to get into the Hall of Fame. I agree. He should have been in first ballot. Uh, I, I would agree with that. So I, have, they, I have no problem with it. With wide receivers, though, there's like a pecking order. Like when they get they're, – they're so backed up. Everything's so backed up that these guys kind of just have to go through. And once, once you're up, you're up, you're in. He, That's kind of how it goes. There's no pecking order with that amount of talent, though. Okay. They shouldn't. So the question is, is Randy Moss or Terrell Owens? Who's Randy Moss. Randy Moss is number one for me. Okay. Jerry Rice can suck it. What? You see those cornerbacks <laughs> that he was running against? You see those cornerbacks? Yeah, Sanders. One, one guy. What about? Uh, you see those shoulder pads that those guys yeah, have? Okay. 
My God, <laughs> you run two routes and like the guy's ankles are broken. <laughs> My God. All right, so who is he in your top? Is Jerry Rice He's two? Number two. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I know I said all that, but yeah. But yeah, he's number two. Okay. That's so it. it's Moss, Owens, and... It's Moss. Or Moss, Rice, Owens. It's you. Moss, Space, 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 Rice, Owens. Oh, wow. That's a big drop on Moss is so good. So Owens comes on Twitter and he says, as many, as, you, as many of you know, I am foregoing the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony in Canton. After giving it much thought, I've realized just how much I want to celebrate what will inevitably be the best weekend of my life at a place that means so much to me. I have decided to give my Hall of Fame speech, like I said uh, earlier here, like we just mentioned at the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. The event is free and open to the public, starts at 3.17 p.m. He goes on to say a few other things about how uh, he's honored to be in the Hall of Fame and thanks his family and friends, et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, he signs the notes with Get Your Popcorn Ready. Of course. Love it. Um do you think – now, here's the question, right? Do you think this is going to open the door for this to happen in the future? Because I think it will. If, if it, he can get away with it. And, and of course, the, these guys are not going to say it ahead of time. They are not going to say, oh, no, I'm not going to go to Canton. But because he did it, now there's going to be guys in the future that do the same thing. Um, it's not going to be as common as, like, one guy per class or okay. anything. It's – I mean, but if you were to predict it, it will happen again. You yeah, would say? yeah, okay, for sure. I, I mean, I mean that's a pretty uh, easy prediction. I think like, could it happen again? Yes. I don't think it's going to be very common though. Uh, this this Hall of Fame class is un- unreal. Ray Lewis, Randy Moss, Brian Urlacher, Brian Dawkins, and then, of course, T.O. I don't think Urlacher should get in. He got his ankles broken by Tom Brady on a scramble. I think that so that one play in the I think that automatically disqualifies you from Hall of Fame consideration. Well, he has been under some scrutiny over his years. Uh, there was some accusation of Chicago padding his stats years ago. Oh, I believe it. His hair is fake. Stats are fake. <laughs> his hair is fake. Um, my opinion on this is, you know, I I don't really like it. I I think it's. It's such an honor to, to get to that point to go into the Hall of Fame. I think it's a little bit disrespectful on all the other guys that stood up in the same spot and came before you and and went through the whole thing and maybe inspired you to become a, an NFL wide receiver and different things. But at the same time, I can see where I think most of this is stemming from spite. Yeah, I think he's, because he's of how spiteful much... because he didn't get in. And not, not just because he didn't get in, but like the comments that – voters made on why they voted for him, like why right. they voted against it. Like, right. So he's, so I think when you think of it that way, you have to kind of spin it to where he maybe isn't disrespecting the players that came before him. He is disrespecting the process and the voters. Correct. Is that where you're, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. So I, agree to that. I don't hate it, but I don't necessarily like it, but I guess what else would we expect right. from Terrell or Carol Owens? I guess we'll find Yo. out in Chattanooga. He'll probably say his own name, right? He'll say it the way he wants it to be said. Yeah. Will there be sit-ups? I hope so. I think I hope he does it the whole time. Shirtless <laughs> sit-ups, just read the speech. He reads the line every time it comes up. Will there be tears? I would say yes. Yes. 
I mean, he already cried about Tony. Yeah. So it was just a press conference. There, there, there will be tears. All right. So moving on to the. I'm trying to think of a French word. The sauce de la sauce. Like, you know, <laughs> you know when, like, something's like. For the love like, of yeah. The, the good stuff. I'm going right. to make this stuff. The main course. The main course. Of the show. The main. The main course. Course in French. Yes. How do you say that? There's got to be a. No, that's not yes, what right I'm here. Of. That's not what I'm thinking of, though. Well, that sounds good to me. La Plate Principale. The sauce different. There's something. I'm gonna find You're it somewhere. You're thinking something else, but we're moving on to the La Plate Principle. We're moving on. To the... <laughs> you said it so the, not French. The Le Plate Principle. <laughs> There's an American accent on that thing. The Le Plate Principle is French. <laughs> said it perfectly. <laughs> And this week we're talking about draft strategies yes. and which draft strategies, which popular draft strategies are viable in, in different and which ones work, which ones don't for us in this different year. leagues and different. Yes, exactly. Different team numbers. And all so that. we did a total of three mock drafts. We both participated in these mock drafts. The first one that we did was a 12 team PPR mock draft. So you had pick number five. I had pick number seven. Mm-hmm. And the strategy that I went with was no running back. I hate that. So one. zero running back, yeah. and you went zero quarterback. Yeah. Okay. So the rules were here basically we could not draft a running back or a quarterback until un- late. until round six or later. Yeah. That was the, the stipulation on the strategy, and you know I see both of these strategies gaining traction all the time. And I think these are even tougher in a in a twelve team draft because there's just more picks right. ahead of when you're going to get to number six to make that choice. Um, so let's take a look at your team first. Okay. Like I said, you went zero quarterback and you selected Kareem Hunt. Correct. Number one. Yeah. At that number five spot. So first of all, how did you? What what did the overall team outlook look for you? And if you are following along here, if you're listening. You can find these drafts and the graphics of the teams uh, on our Twitter account or our Facebook account. So at Coaching Cole, and you can find these. So your overall team outlook here on how this played out for you. What did you think about the no quarterback strategy in a 12-team PPR? Okay. So normally uh, leagues that I play in, especially our league, I draft a QB pretty early. Mm -hmm. So this one is kind of tough for me. Um, But I got Stafford in the 10th. And I'm perfectly That's, okay with that. Yeah, yeah. And I even got Mahomes two rounds later, so just in case he goes off, I got another guy right there. Yeah. Uh, in the past seven years, Stafford has posted six top nine finishes, uh, finished no lower than ninth in pass attempts in those seven seasons. And we've said on the show that, you know, Detroit is looking to run the ball more. Mm-hmm. If they do get the ground game going, that, if anything, that helps – their passing game yeah. opens up some more passing game. So yeah. getting Stafford in the 10th, no problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, I grabbed uh, my second running back in the fifth round, which I kind of just liked Ertz in that third round at mm-hmm. tight end. I just, I feel like I liked him too much. Um, and then I went with Allen Robinson. So I'll go top five, Hunt, yeah. AJ Green, Zach Ertz, Allen Robinson, and then Lamar Miller. Right. And, in those spots, I just really liked Ertz and Allen Robinson, but I'm I should have went with another running back. I feel like okay. I feel looking like, back on it. Yeah, I feel like getting a your second running back in the in the fifth spot isn't great in the 12, 
12 team. Um, but I think that Miller, of all people, could be perfect in that situation. Watson, he's back. Um, we all saw and we all know how great – or not great, but how good Miller can be in that offense with Watson back there. Yeah. All six of his touchdowns came with Watson at quarterback. Uh, and we like we've said it, Miller's underperformed while in Houston. Yeah, yep. But he has – in those two seasons, two top 20 finishes. So right. it's not terrible. Well, the interesting thing is, is you get Hunt and Miller as your starters, and then on your bench, you've got both guys we just talked about, Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery Yes, from Green Bay. So you yeah. avoid Aaron Jones. and <laughs> So I avoided Aaron Jones not on purpose. Right. Because these were beforehand. Correct. But look at – I'm so smart now. Look at that. And then I Genius. got – Genius. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to see – Lamar Miller and Corey Davis, I believe, in every single one of my drafts. I think okay. I drafted those two in every single one of them. I think Corey Davis, what he showed at the end of the season, I think he could be huge. He's really good. Yeah. It's just, will is he going to get the ball enough? I mean, that's the he thing. Was, he was the fifth pick mm-hmm. last year. I don't see a reason not to. Uh, Kenny Stills picked him up as well. I think that could be a, a good payoff with 160 targets gone from Landry. Yeah, they got to go somewhere. They got to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I like that. Um, my recommendation as far as, as is this. The strategy, yeah, what do you think? I think if you can play in a league where you get Stafford or Breeze or Cousins, because those two are also at that spot. You could have went with Drew Breeze or Kirk Cousins in this draft. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I went Stafford because I'm a big Stafford fan. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can get those guys in the ninth or tenth round. 100% do that. Yeah, I mean, if you can it, stack up in your other positions and wait till the ninth or tenth round to, to grab your quarterback, and you're still going to get a QB one, absolutely. Right. So if it's a PPR, right? So running backs and wide receivers are a little bit more valuable mm-hmm. in this setting. And then, like this this draft was, it's four points for a quarterback touchdown. Right. So it's obviously more viable in those situations. Like if your league is a sixth passing touchdown points league. You get that QB. Yeah, there's no reason to wait until the 10th round. But again, like you're saying, you, you have to, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with Bob Lung, you have to know the league that you're in mm-hmm. and, and kind of go from there and go from there and see how your draft is going because every draft is completely different. Yeah. So while you got Matt Stafford in the 10th, there could also be a scenario where if you're, Going into it ahead of time, you're going to say, I'm not drafting a quarterback till a 10th. You might not get – you might end up with – Trubisky. Right. That's possible. Which I wouldn't hate Trubisky as my second quarterback. <laughs> but as my first – But not your starter. Okay. So looking how it worked for me, I went zero running back. Now, years past, I do not hate the strategy. I've used the strategy before. In, in different in types of leagues? leagues? Yes, I have. Really? I don't, I don't like this one. Okay. But I – but before I get into my recommendation, here's how it went for me. I went Michael Thomas, one, Devontae Adams, two, Aaron Rodgers in the third, Amari Cooper, Greg Olson, top five. And then when I finally pulled the trigger on running backs, I ended up with Deion Lewis, Tevin Coleman. Not too shabby overall, I don't think. So the And Carlos Hyde. And I ended up with Carlos Hyde, yeah. three in a row, running backs three in a row. So, But I think the Rodgers, Thomas, Adams, Cooper, that is a deadly – combo it's got potential to rack up huge yardage total now this is ppr so these three guys really don't get a bump for 
catching, getting a lot of receptions. They're not PPR bump type guys. Mm -hmm. I think Michael Thomas obviously is going to get a lot of targets this year. Um, And I think Cooper is the no, the clear cut number one in in Oakland. And then obviously Adams is the number one in, in, in green Bay. So these are with the saints and the Packers, you've got two potent passing offenses. And then you've got Cooper in Oakland with a healthy Derek Carr. Now I know he was tied for third among wide receivers. He had 10 drops last year. He had a really bad 53% catch rate. He had 90 targets last year. He had a terrible year. Okay. He had 680 yards, seven touchdowns. Everybody's really down on him. I mean, across the industry, everywhere, everybody's down on him. And I just think he's going to bounce back this year. He's had an, he had, I get it. He had an off year. He's got new leadership. John Gruden already come out and said, he's really impressed with him. You look at his past stats, uh, 72 receptions his rookie season, 83 the next year. Both had over 130 targets with a healthy Derek Carr. Derek Carr goes down, his targets go down. Okay, so. My thing with this, uh, regardless of the drops, mm-hmm. last year, 48 catches, 680 yards, and seven touchdowns. If that's your wide receiver three, that's not terrible. Right. So you get him as your third wide receiver. I don't hate that. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. He's my third wide receiver here. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I and I in, in the starting lineup, you know, if you take a look at my starting lineup, I've got him in the flex spot. This the the roster is broken up with quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, flex spot, and your tight end. So PPR, it's it's not terrible. Not not terrible at all. I really I, I think it worked out pretty good. Um, and then again, wait until the sixth round to to go with that running back, Lewis Coleman, Hyde, six, seven, and eight. You know, I've been leery on on Lewis so far this this year because. If the Patriots moved on for him, there's a reason why, right? They normally normally they kind of see the writing on the wall. Um, But the new uh, offensive coordinator there in Tennessee just came out last week, and he said that he looks at both him and Henry as running back one A and one B. They feel confident in both these guys. They bring different qualities to the game. He said, but I think we've got two really good backs that we're excited about. So that that's terrible for uh, Henry owners. They think they're one A one B. So that does that is the is that telling us that it's going to be basically a fifty fifty a timeshare because a lot of people assume that it was going to be Derrick Henry and then Deion Lewis in the third down back you know the receiving back type stuff. So does that mean that Lewis is going to get more touches than we think? I think it has to. And if that's the case, then maybe everybody's a little low on Deion Lewis, who let's face it has been really successful throughout his career when he stays, when he stays healthy. Last year um, and two years ago, he only played seven games two years ago. But Exactly. He, that's, that's the trouble with him, right? Right. I mean, he, he, last year was his only season Full playing. Season. Yep. But Patriots used him as, an, as a straight-up running back. Like, yeah, they passed it to him, but he wasn't their third-down guy, really. Right. It was James White and Rex Burkhead. Right. I mean, so, you look at his yards per carry in, in his Five career. yards per carry. 4.8 in his career, five yeah. yards per carry last year. So, he's a, I mean, he's a legit running back. He's, yeah. not, he's not just a scat back that, you know, will put him in there when, when it's third down, but right. So he could definitely take his touches. I, I think supposedly, so too. I mean, that's what it looks like. I think so too. The thing is that you're, you're worried about him staying healthy and that's because, and maybe that's why new England wanted to move on and went with Sony Michelle in the, uh, in the draft. And then I wanted to touch on Greg Olson at tight end. Love it. I get Greg Olson in the fifth round and a lot of people look at that and go, wow, that's way too early 
for Greg Olson. But if you looked at how this draft went, it's not really because of your strategy. Correct. My strategy played into this. Yeah. I was not going to draft yeah. a running back until then. So I had already had three re- receivers and a quarterback. So I wasn't going to draft a running back there yeah. at that point. So I went with Greg Olson. And either way, I think everybody's a little too low on Greg Olson this year. You have to remember, three straight 1,000-yard seasons as a tight end. He never missed a game in his career until last year. So, again, let's let the recency bias from everybody that that got burned on him last season push him late to you in drafts. Totally fine with him. And then I went with Jared Cook late in the draft to kind of back him up, who is the number one tight end for, for, for Oakland. And he could be more involved because this is going to be an old-school – John Gruden offense, and you know what? Old school football, they throw to the tight end. Five touchdowns the last four years combined from Jared Cook. And he played for the Packers. That's not good. I don't like it. That's not good. So my recommendation here on zero quarterback, or excuse me, my recommendation on zero running back is I I just, I honestly, I don't really recommend it because I know there's a lot of people who really love this strategy and, and think it works. And I'm not saying it can't work for you. Like I said, every single draft is different, but I think that if you can get yourself a consistent number one running back who is going to get you 10 plus points every single week, no matter what, where you don't have to play the, the matchup, you don't, anything. you don't. Yeah. You have that number one running back because remember running back is the position where you get, you double up on everything. Essentially. What I mean is you get, you get touches on the ground with rushes and they catch the ball. Yeah. So if you can get a star running back, a guy who does both for you, I think your team is going to be better off than a team that doesn't have that. So I think you're better off with, with getting one of these top guys. You know, I mean, you went Kareem Hunt, uh, whether it's Elliot, Gurley, you know, depending on where you're drafting in your draft, if you can get one of these guys, I think you have to do it. All right. Our next Mock drafts was a 10-team standard draft. Ooh, hate these. And I hate standards. Why do people play standards? I don't know. I think you need to get rewarded for catching the ball. It's part of the game. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't like, I don't like standard drafts either. But it's still the most popular way to play fantasy football. So, with that being said... You guys don't know what you're doing. I can't say it. With, with that being said, the strategy I went with was running back, wide receiver, quarterback, one, two, three... So I would say that's a more traditional strategy. Yeah, especially if uh, def- well, definitely if you're playing in a, uh, a league where quarterbacks uh, touchdowns are worth six. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. Second or third round. And then you went with zero tight end, which is not a like it's it's not a outlandish strategy. I think it's a strategy I that feel like a lot of people do it. Yeah, that can work. A lot of people like to stream tight ends. Yeah. So. Um, taking a look at how you fared in this. Now you drafted at number five Correct. in this draft. I drafted at number four in this draft and we did this draft on fantasy football calculator. And again, you can see, if you want to follow along, go to our Twitter account at coaching Cole. You can see the infographic that shows both teams, quarterback, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end flex um, 16 total spots. I believe were drafted. So let's take a look at your team. Um, mm-hmm. You went no zero tight end. You didn't draft a tight end until I think it was really late. twelfth. You didn't draft a tight end until the twelfth round. Yeah, I was getting crazy with it. So you really took it to heart. So yeah, what do you think about this strategy for you, and how did your team end up? Uh, well, I'm going to talk about my tight end first. Okay. Uh, David Njoku. Yeah. That's who I picked up in the twelfth yeah. round. 
Uh, he was on the field for 47% of the offensive snaps last year in Cleveland. He was seventh in position uh, in end zone targets. So that's not terrible, uh, especially for the own 16 Browns. On the three years that Tyrod Taylor is new quarterback and Charles Clay, that tight end in Buffalo, or both in Buffalo, Clay averaged 52 catches, 546 yards, and three touchdowns on 20% of the target shares. Mm-hmm. Clay also never full, played a uh, full season. So all that says that Taylor has been proven to throw it to tight ends. 20% of the target share went to a tight end. Yep. <clears throat> and with improved play, Joku's numbers probably only improve. So I think at the 12th round, that's a steal. It is. Yeah, in the 12th round – I really like Njoku this year too. I think he's one of those guys that I'm targeting later on in the draft. If I can steal him somewhere, yeah, I'm going to do it. And the opposition to this is, well, your tight end, your starting tight end. Yeah. You got him a steal in the 12th round, but he was, he's there for a reason. Should he really be your number one tight end? The thinking on that is I'm so stacked, hopefully at my other positions mm-hmm. where I can have, the number 10 tight end, if, you know, it's a 10 team. If I can have the number 10 tight end, then I'll be okay with it. Right. So. Well, I think that, I think if you don't, if, if you're going to go all in on a tight end, it's got to be one of the top four or five guys. If you don't get one of the top four or five guys, then you're better off just kind of seeing how things play out and waiting. Right. Because if you don't get Gronk, you don't get Kelsey, you don't get Ertz, and then maybe Jimmy Graham this yeah. year. If you don't get one of those four guys, then you might as well just wait because right. the point totals after that that top two or three guys they're not going to be that they're not that much different. different. Yeah. So, like I said, if you have a stacked team, you should be okay. But uh, for myself, <laughs> of course, uh, other than my two picks, my top two picks of uh, well, I, I didn't go through it. I'll go through it real quick. Okay. I got Zeke, Keenan Allen, mm-hmm. Derek Henry, who we just discussed, probably sucks. Uh, Juju, Lamar Miller, again, Carson Wentz, Corey Davis, Nick Chubb, Marquise Goodwin, Philip Rivers, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, other than my first two picks, I'm not super excited about my team. Okay. I think there's good potential for some of these guys, a lot of these guys. Uh, Derek Henry, potential there. He's, you know, even though what we just said, but hypothetically, theoretically, he yeah. should have better numbers than last year. Right. Uh, Juju, I think, only improves from last year. He was a rookie last year. wouldn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Lamar, no more Martavis Bryant. He's gone. Correct. Lamar Miller, as I discussed, uh, I'm not going to touch on that again. Watson's back. He's better with Watson. That's it. And then Corey Davis, same thing. So those four guys aren't terrible, but they're not like studs where I, I feel like I never have to move them. Yeah. Uh, but after that, like if one of those six guys goes down, I'm like for an extended period of time, I think I'm I'm probably in trouble. I've got Marquise Goodwin, um, who I think is tricky in a tough spot. Yeah. Last year he was 13th in red zone targets for wide receivers, um, and finished 31st overall in points. So not bad, right? Right. But Pierre Garçon, Pierre Garçon. Yeah. Missed, uh, hey, speaking of French, missed the second half of the season, and then that's when Garoppolo became the quarterback as well. So, right. how's that going to change with that? Uh, Nick Chubb, I don't think he's in a great situation either. Not only he'll be fighting Carlos Hyde for those early down and uh, goal line touches, but he's not going to 
take anything from Duke Johnson. And even if he did, this is a standard, not PPR. Right. So right. I'm screwed by I take him. And then I also drafted Tyler Lockett. My thinking was that with Richardson and Graham gone, more targets for that guy. Yeah. Only three touchdowns in the past two seasons, but I mean, they're going to score. Something's you would think, score. right? Yeah. Have to throw it to someone. And then my last guy that I picked before I picked the kicker was uh, Matt Breida out of San Fran. Um, he struggled last year to get yards after contact and posted a position worse, 58% catch rate. So either spectrum, he's not really getting any touches. They seem to like him, though. Right. I mean, he but, was... but they brought in Jarek McKinnon. Right. So he's obviously going to be their guy. They paid him a bunch of money to do that. Yep. But then, and I had forgotten, mm-hmm. Joe Williams, their fourth-round pick last year, is now fully healthy. Right. So he's going to be in the fold as well. Okay. So Brita. He's going to be a waiver wire guy until someone gets hurt. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, he's not going to get enough touches. Right. So, overall, uh, I don't hate this strategy, honestly. No. It all just depends on if you can get starters that you don't really have to rotate. They don't have to – not stream, but have to play matchups with. And you would think that with 10 teams, I would feel better about my, my guys that I drafted. Yeah, I mean, you think it have better options? Yeah, looking at that team, it's not. It, it's, it's not terrible. Yeah, but I just maybe I'm just judging it based well, off of my other. You got draft. Carson Wentz in the fifth. What was the fifth round? One, two, sixth three, round? four, five, six. That's pretty. Uh, that's a good spot for Carson Wentz. Yeah, in the sixth round. So that that's promising. Like you said, you do have Keenan Allen and Zeke. Yeah, I guess I don't hate it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think I think where it where it falls off the map is the bench. Definitely the bench. Your bench is not very deep. I feel good about Corey Davis. Other than that, I do not feel good. Well, and, and Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers can sling that thing. I have no problem with that. But, yeah, other than Corey Davis, as far as position, guys, I don't feel great. Yeah. But I, I think I'm with you. No, zero tight end is definitely a strategy that you can use. Yep. Um, if, you're, if you're not going to get, the, like we said, the top four or five guys, I think it's – Might as well just wait. Might as well wait. Uh, all right, so I went with that traditional running back, wide receiver, quarterback strategy, and I really like this team, how this fared out for me. I went yeah, that's okay. Todd Gurley, A.J. Green, Aaron Rodgers in the third. Then I ended up with Brandon Cooks, uh, Ronald Jones, Tevin Coleman, Devin Funches, Devontae Parker, etc. So Rodgers, Gurley, Green is pretty pretty darn good combination. Yeah. That's, that's pretty tough. I don't hate that. Um, they're top five fantasy players at each each of their positions, and if you're going to go with this running back, wide receiver, quarterback strategy, this is exactly what you want to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Because you want that's who you want is Aaron Rodgers. If you can get him in the third round, that's the guy you want. And then you you couple it with the fact that you get Todd Gurley, who's my number one running back this this time. Number one overall player. Number one overall fantasy player. You have a potential here, and and AJ Green could be the top wide receiver this year. I mean, he has potential. Will it probably happen? If, Pro- probably if, not, if he, but it could. The number one wide receiver, fantasy-wise, I would I'd say, huh, he must have had a really good year. Not that surprising. <laughs> what happened with Antonio Brown and Hopkins. Right. Although I'm not really surprised by it. Right. That's not, that's not getting at. I think it could happen. Yeah. It's probably not likely, but it could happen. I was trying to play it out in my head. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then to back Green up, I've got Cooks and Funches. They're both promising to me. I, I, I think no matter what in his career, Brandon Cooks produces. Yeah. If he takes over that Sammy Watkins spot that Watkins really under, underperformed, right? Right. But he had eight touchdowns. Exactly. I mean, if, he can, if Cooks can do that, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, he's not consistent, but he always, he's right. going to have those games, I and he's going to get his. Like it's going to happen. Daily fans. You might terrible. have to, yeah, you might have to pick and choose your spots there, but, but it's obviously, uh, you know, the, the, people are worried about how many guys there are. You know, you have Robert Woods, um, you have Cooper cup, you have these Todd Gurley, of course, you have all these guys. No tight end though. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but if history kind of repeats itself, which it oftentimes does, both Robert Woods and Cooper cup were hurt last year. So mm-hmm. if one of those two guys goes down, and Brandon Cooks is going to get a bigger role and more targets. So yeah. I, I'm going to play. I like playing that game there with with this team. And even without that, I think it's fair. You could say probably six to nine targets is really, really fair to project for Cooks this year. Well, what what is he going to throw it like twenty to thirty times? I know mm-hmm. that's a that's a large gap, but yeah, basically six to eight targets to each guy. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. And right. then you have also. Gurley, because they don't throw it to the tight end. Right. So, no, yeah, don't. I, I like Cooks. Yeah, me too. I think and he's forgotten. Same, he with, same with this next guy. He is, yeah. And same with Funches, right? He's their number one wide receiver. I know they drafted DJ Moore, and everybody's in love with him. But Devin Funches is, is their Calvin Benjamin now. He's their big body, mm-hmm. red zone target. Except he's not super fat. He's <laughs> Yeah, he's not as big as Benjamin. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I – I, I'm I'm totally fine with getting Devin Funches in the eighth round. I, I'm completely fine with that. Getting a wide receiver, not a wide receiver one, but getting a number one wide receiver that late. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Why would you not pull the trigger on that? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And then my tight end in this strategy. Now, you went zero tight end, but consequently, the way the draft went for me, I kind of followed the same strategy. Yeah. And I ended up with Jordan Reed in the 11th round. And that, that just – Last year, if you were to say that, you you would think he had the greatest. That was the biggest steal of draft. Yeah, absolutely. And so he's another guy that can't stay healthy. But in the eleventh round, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna go with Jordan Reed Mm -hmm. in this scenario. Mm -hmm. So um, my recommendation here on this is this strategy viable? I think it's more than viable. It's a strategy that I would go with uh, more often than not. Um, I, I think if Aaron Rodgers is staring you in the face in the third round. I don't care what the point uh, settings are in your league. It's really tough not to take him in the third round. I, I, I think it's when you, when, I, when you boil down everything, right. And people say, well, you know, get your running backs, get your receivers first. But at the end of the day, the position that scores the most points in fantasy football is a quarterback. And so if you're going to pass up on the number one fantasy player across the board in the third round, that just doesn't make sense. To me. I know we play in a, uh, Six point touchdown league, right? But twelve of our top twenty scores last year were quarterbacks, right? Which didn't include Aaron Rodgers. Didn't include him, correct? If definitely, we're going to keep harping on it, but definitely know your league. But quarterbacks overall, like you just said, they score the most points. Mm-hmm. So, and and my my argument on this was last year is why not invest in a player? And and Rodgers got hurt last year, but. Why not inv- sure. invest in a player that is protected by the league early in your fantasy draft? The, the chances of your quarterback lasting the entire season 
are much better than a running back. Yeah. You know? So, I, I mean, mean, last year was the craziest year for injuries that I think I've it ever seen. But, yeah. So, I think last year, hopefully, uh, was more of an exception than the rule. Right. I don't want to keep – last yeah. year sucked. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So, our last mock draft was a 10-team super flex or two-quarterback league. Standard point scoring in this one. Six-point touchdowns for quarterbacks. Two-quarterback league. Yeah. Um, just like we're used to. Just we like should, we this should be is our wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, this is right in our wheelhouse. So my strategy was quarterbacks in the first and second round. What? You're going to go quarterback, quarterback? <laughs> yeah, I am going to go quarterback, quarterback. Yeah. And your strategy was early quarterback and late quarterback. Yeah. Okay? So I'm telling you right now, this is probably my favorite team out of all of them. I, I absolutely love this team and how it's worked out. But uh, I'll, I'll let you start off. So, because that's kind of how we've been doing this. You went one early, one late. You know, I'd have to agree. I think this is my favorite team too. Okay. I think it's just because I like quarterbacks. Me too. Yeah. And you got you got some good ones. All right, yeah. but I'll start out. All right. So yeah, like I like you said, one QB early, one late. So I went with Zeke, Cam, AJ Green, Jarek, uh, Doug Baldwin, Lamar Miller, Jim Graham. <laughs> Corey Davis again, and then my second quarterback was Trubisky. Wow, okay, that's your late quarterback. Yeah, and then uh, defense, Devontae Parker, Aaron Jones, Mike Williams, Jamal Williams, uh, and I, I said those last three because I actually want to talk about them. Okay. But I feel like this team is absolutely stacked, especially with some potential. Uh, there's two number one uh, wide receiver ones. Yep. Not a lot of people think that about Baldwin, but he absolutely is. There's possibly, depending on what happens with Jarek, two RB ones in this first five picks. Love that. Yeah. I don't know how, but I was able to get A.J. Green in the, in the third. That should not well, – well, the reason why the quarterbacks is the quarterbacks. Yeah. The quarterbacks were going. It was pushing everybody else off. Yep. But I got A.J. Green in the third round. <laughs> Do not hate that. And only Antonio Brown has more touchdowns in the last three seasons than Doug Baldwin. Crazy. That is crazy. And – He's probably going to get more touches now that other receivers are gone. It only makes sense. And then McKinnon, I think his floor is RB2. He'll, I think he'll for sure be a top 20 running back. Uh, what, is, what was this, 12 team? Yeah, this is a 10 team. So, yeah, top 20 quarterback. I meant to say running back. He wouldn't. Maybe he'd be a top 20 quarterback. Maybe. We don't know. <laughs> college, uh, college system. Uh, but with the, the touches he should get, uh, he could sneak into RB1 territory. So, I like that. And then my back half of this draft, I think, is just full of potential. And I think it all comes to fruition, because why wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. There's 160 targets gone, like I said, in Miami. Devontae Parker, I think more than Stills, I think he would be the guy to take the biggest share of them. Yeah. He should. He was their early wide receiver that they've taken, and it would make sense. So that's why he makes He just hasn't lived up to his potential. I yeah. Mean, him and Jay Cutler were supposed to have this chemistry. But that he, was it. Just never happened. It's just a year off from Tannehill. We'll see what they can get back. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, and like I said, Corey Davis. He's shown he's shown flashes late last year. Uh, guy that was taking two picks after him in that same draft of last year's draft, Mike Williams. He's now healthy and without Hunter Henry, the Chargers could throw it to the outsides more, uh, just a few times a game maybe. But I think in the red zone, especially in a standard scoring or standard uh no no ppr i think that 
he's a very good look this late in the draft. And then I selected Aaron Jones because, like we said earlier, I think that he has the best shot of the three Packers running backs to do something. But look how smart I am now again by picking up Jamal Williams because uh, Aaron Jones is suspended. Not yeah. that I knew that at the time, but maybe I did. Maybe I did somehow. Yeah, you were. Well, it was common knowledge that he got arrested in October, but nothing had really. Nothing really. <laughs> I didn't know that. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> you think I should pay attention to yeah, the, uh, the football news? Yeah. Uh, but the recommendation for. Ooh, and then let me talk about Trubisky. Oh, yeah. All right, Bob Long came on, what, two, three weeks ago? Yep. Something like that. Time isn't real. Um, he came on and was talking about Jordan Howard specifically with yeah. this, but he said this could be a Todd Gurley part du. That's French. So much French going on. Yeah. Um, with that offense, just the way everything played out, like it looks exactly like L.A., the Rams. And I think Trubisky in that offense with uh, Nagy coming over as offensive coordinator, they – Brought over Allen Robinson. They drafted Anthony Miller. They brought over Trey Burton. I think that Trubisky has a lot of potential, a lot of upside, and I don't hate him as my second quarterback. I actually like him. Interesting. I, Even I, in a two-quarterback league, yeah. I, I think that there could be something in there. Now, let's. I, I need to analyze this. So when okay. you took Mitch Trubisky, yep. okay, you took Mitch Trubisky in the ninth round, the guys that went after him, so okay. It's, the the guys who yeah. went after Mitch Trubisky, Case Keenum, Jameis Winston, Derek Carr, Blake Bortles, Tyrod Taylor, Eli Manning, and Lamar Jackson, and then Ryan Tannehill. So, in your mind, is Mitch Trubisky better than all these guys, as far as fantasy speaking this season? You'd rather have Mitch Trubisky than say we'll say Winston, Manning, Carr. Carr is maybe the only one. Okay. But even then, I think that Trubisky could just put up this, basically the same numbers that he could. Okay. Yeah. For sure. I, I'm, I'm with, I, I definitely think Derek Carr is underrated this year. Ryan Tannehill, I think, is kind of one of the forgotten guys. Um, last, you know, last year before, or two years ago before he got hurt, he was kind of in that 10 to 15 quarterback yeah. range where people were talking about him. And then Tyrod Taylor really getting no love. He doesn't put up a ton of numbers, but he's definitely a guy you can you can use as a second quarterback in a league like this. Blake Bortles isn't terrible. He's this guy's third uh, quarterback, so I, I don't hate that. Right. But, but yeah, I think Trubisky could put up top fifteen, top twenty numbers. Okay. You heard it here. Yeah. You heard it here, Mitch Trubisky, top fifteen quarterback. In 2018, according right to Cole Fox. Right at number 15. Right at number 15. <laughs> Take that for data. So, recommendation yeah. on this draft strategy. I think that this is a pretty stress-free strategy if you can get a RB1 and a wide receiver 1 uh, to go with that, obviously yeah. that, that quarterback early. Yeah. Um, and in this scenario, I think you can gamble a little bit with the second quarterback. Maybe looking uh, to a guy that has more potential. Uh, rather than a guy who whose ceiling we've already seen, maybe look to a guy like a Trubisky who you think could break that ceiling, break through <laughs> the ceiling. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, I think it. I mean, I think it's important, especially in a in a super flex two quarterback league. 
and especially one with six points for touchdowns, you need to draft a quarterback early. Also, if you go no quarterback yeah. in this league, you are not going to do well. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're not. You're just not. If you're doing it for money, just give. Just give your money away. If you're playing for money, just mm-hmm. hand it to them. And people will argue with us about this and say, yes, you can do it. It does. I've never seen it work. I've never seen it work. And this is what we – this is, like we said earlier, this is right in our wheelhouse. This is what we play. And this we've is, seen people use the no quarterback strategy, and, and it, it does not work no, ever. It's never no, once worked. No, it doesn't. Okay, with that being said, I went quarterback one and two. And I didn't get Rodgers in this You were mock. upset. I was really upset <laughs> because I'm already playing. I've gotten Rodgers in the third round yeah. of the previous two drafts we did. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm, I'm going Rodgers here first. And you're, you're in the seventh spot, and they took it at six. <laughs> and, the, yeah, he went right before me at number six. So I had to go with Carson Wentz. Ugh. You just had to. I, yeah, it's I had terrible. to go with Carson Wentz. And then coming back around in the second, I get Deshaun Watson. So both second-year guys. Both coming um, off knees. <laughs> both coming off knees. Uh, Wentz, current fantasy pros, consensus ranking is sixth. Watson is fourth. So oddly enough, I go Wentz before Watson. I, I wanted to go Drew Brees here. I but I love these two. These two guys staring me in the face. I just I pulled the trigger on these guys I think, before Breeze. I think they're just like brand new shiny toys. It is. That's what it is. Just... That's what it is. Yeah. Because I have Breeze ranked ahead of both of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. see, I had Breeze ranked, ranked above Stafford, but I was like, I, well, I, I feel like I need to take Stafford. Stafford's really good still. Yeah, it, I think you're right. It was like an impulse buy. Like, ooh, yeah. those are brand new. Yeah, I'm gonna go with them. So okay, so I go with Wentz and Watson, and then coming back in rounds three and four, the fact that I get Shady McCoy and Jordan Howard in three and four. I th- I'm just, I couldn't believe that I got both of those guys. And like you said, you get AJ Green in the third, and I get McCoy and then Jordan Howard three, three and four. Um, they, they really took this quarterback thing to heart on this one. They did. I, even, even though we play in, in this type of league, quarterbacks don't go this early. Like, they, yeah, they really went early in, in this. And, and that's the thing, right? Every draft is different. Yeah. And sometimes a guy will take a quarterback early. Like in, in this case, Aaron Rodgers went five. Mm-hmm. And then Wentz goes six. And then it just opens the floodgates. Right. And quarterbacks just fly because now you've gotten three well, or four get one. off the board. And it's like, yeah. oh, shoot, my guy's gone. Now i got to get one. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about McCoy on a running back episode. And the fact that he is 30. You know, he is getting older. But in the third round, there's no way that I could pass a top 10 running back up. The value that you're going to get for a Shady McCoy in the third round, you can't pass up. Even if you did, like, even if I draft him, right, and, and let's say I really don't want him, well, well I'll try to trade for, trade somebody and, yeah. and, and use him on the trade block. I'll right? trade. Be, there you I go. I love trading. You're the guy. And, <laughs> and so until we actually see regression from him, I think we can't completely count him out. And he's on a young team around him. He's going to be the guy they lean on there in Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. So if he stays healthy, he's going to have, he should have a – at least he's going to get the volume. We know that. And then Jordan Howard, you know, you already mentioned this a little bit with Bob Long coming on and, and the fact that he was one of his sleeper candidates this year and, and talked about how he could possibly be the Todd Gurley of this season. And whether or not that's true is, is one thing. But like you said, this offense is starting to – 
take shape around Trubisky, and Jordan Howard is kind of the key piece in this puzzle, yeah. right? I don't think Trubisky's Cohen, a young quarterback. Yeah. They're going to hand the ball off. I don't think Cohen is that guy that's going to be taking touches. Obviously, he's going to take, you know, that third down taking catches from him. But right. he's not going to be taking his early down touches or right. goal line or anything like that. Right, exactly. In the fourth round. Man. Yeah, you take that every time. So I've got quarterback, quarterback, running back, running back, and then let's just keep the streak going. We'll go wide receiver, wide receiver. And, again, I end up with Amari Cooper and then Juju Smith-Schuster. Love it. Five and six. So the top, my top six picks I'm absolutely in love with. I think there's and, a and ton the of potential. And the is – is where you got them. Right. Because you can look at a Shady and say, well, you know, he shouldn't be your running back. He shouldn't be your first running back if, mm-hmm. if that's if, if that's what you think. Yeah. But he's going to outperform a third-round pick. Right. So it makes sense to take him there. It makes sense to take Cooper there or Juju. Right. Exactly. And it just, it just kind of snowballed and it worked out for me. Again, I think Cooper is just too good of a player to have two really bad years in a row, barring injury, of course. And then Schuster, I think, is in a great situation just because Bryant's gone. They throw the ball a ton, especially when they're at home. And Antonio Brown's another year older. I mean, you hate to try to predict an injury, but if it happens, it happens, and then Juju becomes the number one guy. Yeah. So the potential is there. And then again, I end up with Greg Olson. I get him not in the fifth round this time, but I get him <laughs> in the eighth round. So I think Greg Olson in the eighth, or excuse me, in the ninth round. I get mm-hmm. Greg Olson in the ninth round. I think that's a good spot for yeah, Greg Olson. Definitely. Um, we we kind of mentioned him before. He's getting overlooked this year. Um, you keep going on. I get Pierre Garçon, number yeah, one receiver. Well. I get him in the tenth. Jay Ajayi in the eleventh. This one doesn't make sense to me. Uh, how did I get Jay Ajayi in the eleventh? When when I was going through the draft board, I think that maybe I just scrolled too far. Yeah. And I just didn't... Because I would have definitely picked him up. Right. But how did no one else pick him up? I don't know. Because we we're, we're going through... Do two quarterback... Like, does that just push so many people down that it just, like... It, like, messes with the configurations. Like, oh, we don't ever draft this person <laughs> now. Right. That was... In the 11th? Unbelievable. So you get That's- Shady... Howard, Hyde, Ajayi are my four running backs, and then Ty Montgomery to, to top it off. You do not have to do anything. No, we're set. You're good. We're set. We're set. So I, I think this is probably my favorite team out of all of them. Yeah. And and this is the strategy. I mean, if you if you know you're going to get a team like I got, I mean, obviously this strategy is going to work out great for you. <laughs> um, but you you don't obviously don't always know that. Yeah. I think it. If you're picking in the back end of the first round. This strategy works better. If you're going to come right back. Because you're going to come right back. Yeah. But then if, you, if you're picking in the front end, I, I wouldn't recommend passing up on Elliott, Gurley, David Johnson, these guys for a quarterback in like the top three picks. That's really hard to, to do that, right? It, because like we talked about, t- 12 of the top 20 scorers in this format we're quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So then you say in your mind, okay, if there's 12 of them that I can choose from. One of them is going to be in there in that second One round. of them is going to be there after I take this guy in the beginning. So I think this strategy can work for you if you have the guys you want to get. If you get two stud quarterbacks in this format, it's, you're really tough to beat because yeah. you're talking about 20 to 30 points every single week. Yep. And mm-hmm. not just with this strategy but with all these strategies that we're talking about when you draft and i'm going to say it again make sure you know your 
your your league. But don't go into a draft thinking, I'm going to pick one QB early, one QB late, and that's going to be it. That's it, no matter yeah. what. Yeah, it's tough to, yeah. Because exactly. like you said, when in our draft, or I forgot exactly how you said it, but a quarterback goes, another one goes, another one goes, like, right. oh, now my draft strategy completely changes. Right. You're going to have to adjust. If you just go, well, I got to pick a running back, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, and by the time you get to your quarterback, or, or, or it's the third round, mm-hmm. and for some reason the quarterbacks are all you know gone, you might have to adjust and make that yeah. quarterback in the third round instead of the fourth yep. round. Yeah, because again, like you're saying, like let's say five or six of these quarterbacks go, you're able to get A.J. Green in the third round. Mm-hmm. I'm able to get LaShawn McCoy in the third round. Yeah. So if your strategy there was, well, I'm taking a quarterback in the third round, and you're going to pass on A.J. Green and LaShawn McCoy in the third round, that's that's not smart. That means that A.J. Green, who will definitely outperform a third-round draft spot, mm-hmm. that means that whoever quarterback you would want in that third round would have to perform better than A.J. Green in that third-round spot. And right. I don't think it would be very likely. Well, I think it, it could be likely raw points-wise, but comparative to the rest of the, that position, right? it just doesn't make any sense at that point. So... Basically, with all these draft strategies that we're talking about, you don't necessarily have to stick to your guns every single time. Right. What I do with my draft, and you know, I do way too much research, and I just have like 17 Google Docs where I just have random <laughs> stats and everything. But I have round by round, like exactly who I want to, who I, like what position I want to pick. Yep. But I'm gonna have to move it. Yeah. If Exactly. It's just it's gonna have to change if if that's the way that the the draft is going. Right. If somebody picks a kicker in the fifth round, I might have to pick one in the sixth. We'll see. <laughs> as funny as that sounds, that could happen. I mean, it may be. It, it could happen. <laughs> so yeah, again, any more comments you have on any of this stuff? Any questions you have on any of these strategies? Any questions you have on on anything at all fantasy football related? Make sure you find us on Twitter at Coach O three seven is my personal handle. At that King Cole seven one five is Mr. Cole Fouts's handle. We're at Coach and Cole. We're on Instagram at Coach and Cole. We're on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Coach and Cole. We're everywhere on social media. Mm-hmm. You can find us on TuneIn. And if you're listening by now, you already know that. But tell your friends to find us on TuneIn. Favorite us on TuneIn. Again, five star rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't want to do either one of those things and you want to listen to the actual feed, you can go to blogtalkradio.com slash coach and cole. Find us there. Before we sign off here, Cole, mm-hmm. it is the 4th of July. You got any plans for the rest of the week, the weekend? Are you watching any fireworks at all? Are you grilling out any any hot dogs or uh, corn thinking, dogs? I was thinking of getting some snakes and sparklers and kind of just doing it in here. Are you kidding <laughs> right me? in the house, huh? Yeah. Well, the problem we have right now is it's overcast day. It's been raining all morning, uh, off and on. Yeah, so, I canceled my golf plans. You had golf plans. Those are over. Uh, the parade here, the local parade, canceled. That's over. Um, the local fireworks are canceled tonight till tomorrow. The parade that we normally have every year on the lake got canceled because of the roads. There you go. Everything's all washed out. Every, oh, oh, okay. Yep, yep. Yeah. We had some, some serious rain here in the last few weeks. So, I don't know. It's a different one. Like we said, it's right in the middle of the week. That kind of throws some things off. Uh, I do have plans this weekend to go uh, out and, and watch a fireworks show. So, yeah, hey, hey, if you are uh, not with your family and you're not 
having a great time or you, you've got some free time to kill. You got the days off. Maybe uh, the kids are gone. Maybe you're, you know, they're with the in-laws or you've got, and you got some free time. Check out us here, Coach and Cole Show. Go back. If you go back to the first one, you'll find an episode about Alvin Kamara, the situation there in New Orleans. We talked about Jimmy Graham, his situation in Green Bay, and then the new look Cleveland Browns. We talked about that offense as a whole. Second episode, we talk quarterbacks and consistency with Bob Lung of Big Guy Fantasy Sports. And then our last episode was the running back episode, everything you need to know about running backs across the NFL for fantasy drafts this year. And with that being said, let's let's get out of here. Let's call it a day. Yeah, see you guys let's later. Call it a, let's call it a, a holiday. Okay. This has been another fantasy football edition of the Coach and Cole Show. I'm the coach. I'm Cole. See you guys later. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.